Hey everyone, and welcome to the Engineer of What podcast. You have myself, Nathan Westfall, and Ricky Warden. Ricky. Hello, hello. Hey, this is our first podcast of 2019. This is awesome. I'm I ready know. for another year of spending almost 17 hours with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hopefully we'll do a little more in person this year. We're back in... Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Early. Yep. And yep. Uh, we'll see with different six circumstances. But yeah, hopefully. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. How uh, how was your uh, break since I saw you right before Christmas? How uh, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, that was actually a really quick three weeks. Honestly, that was yeah, super it, fast it because yeah. like, well, we after Christmas, then uh, the next weekend we didn't really do much. That well, that was New Year's, so it was kind of just like, um, we were just kind of hanging out at home, and then after right. that, then we go up to her family for Christmas. So that was another weekend, and it just like boom, boom, boom. You know, yeah, went really takes, fast. You know, uh, then this, this past week had a demo or something, but I'll get to that later. Yep. Um, and today we're expecting snow of three to six inches and everybody would make you think it's like a foot. Yeah, so of course, it, cause that's where you Maryland are. people are weird about snow. I don't, I don't know. They were hoping that they were going to shut down like these retail, st- like something that we knew was hoping that they're going to shut down their store for on Sunday cause there's too much snow. I was like, they would do that for three to six inches. <laughs> <laughs> isn't this isn't the state of Maryland right now in enough of a shutdown? You don't need more stuff shut down. Mm, yeah, I know. Yeah. So anyway, um, no, that's great. I uh, trying to think what I did the past three weeks. I had some time off, which was really nice, mm. and I actually um, contributed to open source the entire time, which was awesome. So uh, I have two new projects, of course. I have one called Overlogger that I built, and okay. Which is just um, so Microsoft did this wonderful thing of they you can build mobile apps with Xamarin. However, all the logging platforms they've never actually built one until now. They've just kept buying out other companies. Mm-hmm. So over the course of me developing Xamarin for four years, it's gone from Xamarin Insights to Hockey App, and now App Center. And every time they change it, I have to rewrite my my app to support that new platform. Are those, um, like, forks in the app, or... No, they're, like, so, like, uh, if, like, crash reports, or, like, how... Like, Google Analytics, but for mobile apps, kind of. No, I mean, like, why are they keep changing it? Is it, like, a oh, fork in the app, or... No, because Xamarin Insights uh, was built by Xamarin, then Microsoft bought Xamarin Insights, then they bought Hockey App, which is better than Xamarin Insights, so they deprecated Xamarin Insights. Then they made App Center with Azure, and now they're deprecating Hockey App. So they just keep, like rebuilding Up, it like they're yeah. upgrading it by the same time though it's a pain in the butt for you right so what i did was overlogger will take care of that for you so it built one library that you know will have your basic commands like log crash reporting analytics and you just call overlogger and then on the fly you can hot swap what back end you want to use so Ooh, like, that's cool if they if you go from hockey app to app center you just have to say add logger app center and it'll switch all the code for you oh that's nice yeah, so I did that as my uh, as my over the week project. So, speaking of open source, all right, I don't know if you ever I sent this to you on Snapchat yesterday. But oh, have of you ever, course, I heard about it. The EPA net. Oh no, this I haven't heard of. Okay, so EPA net it's like a water distribution uh, modeling program developed by the government by the U.S. government of all people. Yeah. All right. So apparently, it's open source. Well, I'm using it. And to so you know how like on CAD to pan you open source I found it. Um, you like click the middle button 
it and then click down and then you can move it around like the mm-hmm. CAD. And then if you want to like zoom in or out, you just scroll. Well, this program, yep. for some reason, decided, oh, yeah, we're not going to do any of that function, basic functionality that like every other program like this does. We're just going to make you click a button every single time you want to switch between scrolling and panning. All right. Not only that, there's no shortcut, no keyboard shortcuts at all for anything. Ooh, that's painful. And then in order to do anything, you probably usually the minimum to change any settings for anything for your, like your analysis or anything is like three to four clicks through different menus. Right. Wow. So I I was like I, I saw I noticed that it was in open source, so I'm like this close to learning Visual Basic just to make this entire thing ten times better. Dude, this I think looks you understand. All C. Like this is, looks all C. Is yeah, I think Basic? it is. Well, it said it was four percent Visual Basic. Mm, okay. Yeah, it looks yeah, like it's... a small project. To be honest with you, it doesn't look big. Like it looks like a kind of like when I say small, I mean like code-wise. There's like. Oh yeah, it's super. Files. Yeah, it's super super lightweight. I mean, it does really good work. Like you can model like how chlorine will go through a water system and like oh, it flows cool. and pressures and whatever. Yep. Like it's really nice in how it uses it, and like there's nothing really else out there for free like this. Sure. But yeah. uh, I mean, it's just it's just not up to par for what uh what's normal out there. You know, for like ArcGIS and CAD and AutoCAD. You know, with yep. just basic controls. So like. I don't know, yeah. Part of me is part of me is like this close to just to learn it just to spite them, but I yeah. mean even if I did do some commits to it though I don't think they would you know I don't know if they like uh I, they wouldn't get approved because uh, you know EPA is kind of shut down so I don't know if uh, it says right there this branch is thirty nine three hundred ninety six commits ahead yeah, sixteen commits behind eight days eight days ago yeah which I think. Is that when the government shut down? I forget. Oh, longer than eight days. It's been 20 Is it? days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either way, though, so, like, even if they – the benefit is, is since it's open source, even if they don't accept your code, um, you can always clone it, make changes, mm-hmm. and then yeah. just run your version of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they make changes that you want, you just backport their changes to yours, and you have your own little version of it. Because, hmm. like – there's a few. There's like at least a few features just for like not even base function. Uh, like not for um, like hard stuff. It would just be like just basic uh, looking around and changing your views, and that's literally it. It's just I don't know, it just yeah. takes forever. And okay, so then also to find get a background in there, you have to like adjust it every single. So you put in your coordinates for your background image, right? And then in order to shift it around, it shifts on you every single time you try it to get the right aspect ratio. And then you have to go through three different clicks just to align it. And then you see, oh, it's not big enough. You have to go back into dimensions, change dimensions, and it shifts on you. And then you have to go back and align it. And then that that took me about an hour just to figure out the background. My God, that was just horrible. Yeah, it was bad. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, EPA9 is nice, but it's not... it's not good. Yeah, no, but that's fine. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, but since we're talking about GitHub so much, I just have to say it because I'm super pumped about it. And you saw this too. GitHub now has private repos for free, and it's wonderful. 
I'm so excited that I don't have to. Not that I like seven bucks a month isn't huge, but like the fact that they're free is just now I can move all my stuff that I had in like Bitbucket or something over to GitHub, which right. is super nice. Mm-hmm. Have it all in one spot. Um, and they've. I don't know if you've noticed this too. So like, if you check out their blog uh, on GitHub. They have, ever since Microsoft has bought them out, have been rolling out features like nobody's business, like mm-hmm. all over the spot. Like, I think you can't go more than two days on their blog without seeing something new that they did. Hmm. Like, like even, even this is how crazy it is. Even the day that they announced private repos, they had a blog post 10 minutes before that about how you can create pull requests in VS Code now. This yeah. is nice. So you have up to three collaborators per per repository for free, which is nice because you got to think. So most yeah. of my private projects are me testing something for a coworker, mm-hmm. which right. I need to put in source control because I want to see what changes. A perfect example, right? So I had to take this project and see if it was possible to upgrade to a newer version of Angular. Um, so like from version one all the way to version six, how can I do that? And I didn't want to, I wanted to do it, but I also wanted to, like, track my steps along the way mm-hmm. so that they could see and get, like, oh, it only took Nathan five commits and it took him, you know, 20 lines of code to move from here to here, right? That's right. a perfect example of how I don't need 100 collaborators. I just need a private repo where, um, you know, I can just track those those changes. Now, can you use the private repos for like a app that you sell or an app oh, that yeah. you make money off. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. So like if I, if I ever built an app just for me, like, you know, um, I'd be a one developer show if I did it just cause I'm not a company. But if I ever did one for myself, I have apps right now that are like in Bitbucket that are private that I've done. I would probably mm-hmm. put in the GitHub and just, you know, keep the code there private. Right. However, huh. the one, the one iPad app I did build is open source. So, Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, I'm super pumped about it. And they've done some cool things because they're like, oh, people still pay. So um, if you were already paying, you just get all these nice features instead. Oh, that's really nice, actually. Like you get unlimited collaborators. um, Okay. And you get some advanced uh, tools, like better things to manage pull requests, better things to, like, manage... um, just like if, if you were a company using private repos and you pay the seven bucks a month, it kind of just gives you some of those better tools. Right. right. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, I was wondering if they're going to keep the paid features. They do. Uh, but they're, they've even dropped the, so like the $7 a month one is still um, seven bucks, right? But they dropped it down for teams, I think, um, mm-hmm. the pricing down, which is super awesome. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yep. That's nice. Yep. Um,. Other than that, I think the only thing we had this week was CES. CES, yes. 2019, kicking the year off right. What was, tell me some of the stuff that you saw at CES that was like uh, your your favorite, your, even stuff that's like, you know, they announced a lot of stuff at CES that you know was like oh, yeah. three years down the road, like not going to happen right now. Oh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What was some of the stuff that you saw that you enjoyed? I'm, I'm digging a rollable TV, honestly. I think that was like one of the bigger ones. That was the LG's? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. LG's yeah. Uh, OLED rollable, which yeah. uh, I think that will be a few years down there because, like, let's you know think about how you know how many uh, rolls. Uh, I don't know how many times to get rolled up is that going to be uh, exactly. useful for you know? Because yep. all materials have a 
point of where, you know, it's going to have too many times of hitting that, um, of being stretched. So, and then it would just eventually break, which is why the issue of Samsung's foldable phone is, you know, taking so long to develop. Right. But yep. I do like the concept though, because it'd be like, you know, it just sits on the floor for instance, and it's totally out of the way. So then you only bring it out when you want to watch TV. So then you have a, a cleaner looking room too. Yeah. You know, or you can yep. set it on the on the ceiling and it rolls down like projector. And again, it's oh, got. Or you can install yep. it in the ceiling even. Yep. If you don't want to think about that. Yep. And then it's just totally not there. You know. Yep. That's um, I think yep. that was pretty cool. Um, something that I really hope works and that's actually out that you can go buy right now is this uh, smartwatch that's powered by body heat and solar. Yeah. For Tell me only. Called Matrix Industries. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah, it's on Indiegogo. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. But uh, it's for two hundred fifty bucks, which is pretty. That's a pretty normal price for a smartwatch nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Yep. And you just, you just uh, be your. I, I mean, you don't have to change the batteries. You just you can run with it, and it has GPS on it, and it does notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, all your typical smartwatch stuff. Uh, I don't think it has a Google Assistant on it because that would take a lot too much to run, but it works with Apple and uh, Android. Nice. Um, yeah. So nice. yeah, this actually it looks cool. really yeah, it looks yeah. really cool. Um, it has like the you know typical pedometer and calories and heart rate and blah blah blah. But um, I do like that you don't have to charge it ever because that is. This is that is like, like awesome because then I you know I don't have to worry about like oh I have to take it off at night you know yeah this is definitely like one of those um, you know it'd be good for you but it's definitely designed for the person who does like running does Spartan events, yeah does stuff like that where it's like um, it's got the built-in GPS you don't have to charge it it's got that heart rate sensor waterproof like this mm-hmm. is meant for the person who's always active outdoors and just doesn't want to think about it but wants some sort of tech. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, think of someone who, mm-hmm. like, isn't too much into tech, so, like, they would be annoyed by charging it all the time or, you know. Right. This is now literally just a part of your body that is tech, which is super cool. And yeah. it does look, like, pretty well built and a good design. Rugged. Yeah, yeah, it says it's water-resistant to 200 meters, so that's which pretty nice. impressive, yeah. Silicone rubber strap. Um, but And it's also compatible with Google Fit, which is a big plus, That is too. a big plus, yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to have, you know, like with um, your watch, for instance, uh, the smart learning of like, it would be like, oh, you're doing this exercise. Like, I already know what you're doing, that kind of deal. Right. But like, it's good enough for like yeah, but it, most this, As I said, this is this is also like the more the more cardio-based person, right? I mean, they'll understand a bike mm-hmm. ride. They'll understand a run, swimming, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's super cool. Oh, they even yeah. explain how it works. That's pretty cool. Measure sleep, too. So that's really nice. Yeah, um, which is good because then you know, like all these watches advertise. Oh yeah, we can track your sleep, but it's like I have to charge you at night. So like, why do I? I <laughs> how know. can you char- <laughs> track yep. my sleep? Yeah, um, yeah, that's you know. very true. That's yeah, so cool though. Um, oh, this isn't a ga- exactly a tr- electronic thing, but it's still like a cool, interesting thing I would love to try. It's called the Impossible Burger. I don't know if you've heard of that. I heard of this. So it's. Um, a soy-based meat substitute burger that tastes and feels like a beef patty and even bleeds. All right. That's kind of weird. 
right? And in blood enough to apparently a vegetarian reviewer um, almost threw up because it was bleeding, and they apparently didn't like that. Um, That's weird. But supposedly, though, it it looks it, it tastes exactly like beef, and I would love to try it just because I. I'm just very curious to see what that tastes like. You know? <laughs> yeah. Did they say this at CES? Was this a CES thing? What? Was this a CES thing or was this just? No, this is a CES, yeah. CES thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Soy that tastes like a burger. That is a tough accomplishment. Forget yeah, foldable I... phones. Forget, you know, rollable TVs. You made soy taste like a beef burger. You win the award. I mean, even... I mean, even look at this. Um, look at this picture of it. Here, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at the picture of oh, that. Wow, yeah. The that middle looks... is red, and then yeah. it cooks exactly like a regular burger. That's so weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's. Uh huh. Okay. Wow. Someone. Wow. That's that's an accomplishment. That is an accomplishment. Yeah, I'll tell you what, because it cooks exactly like a regular burger. It yep. looks like a regular burger, tastes like a regular burger. Like, then what's the point of eating regular burger yep. anymore? Other than the price, it's, I'm sure it's like really expensive. Honestly, yeah, that's whew, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, what did you got? What do you like on CES? Uh, uh, one of the first things that comes to mind was, so I've recently become accustomed to the Microsoft Surface products, right? So mm-hmm. I have a Surface Go now. Um, my wife got a Surface Pro for Christmas. Um, so the other thing that Surface has is that Surface desktop, right? The big screen that you can kind of move around, like their version of an iMac almost, but better. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, Lenovo came out with a com- competition for that, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um but it's basically a bigger screen and it's less money. Um, so like, it's definitely like a bigger bang for the buck. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. Like I was looking at it and it's legitimately like, um, yeah, the a nine forty is what it is. Hmm. Um, and it's I'm trying to like, I remember just like people were like seeing it for the first time and it was the, the amount that it like compared to the surfaces, because it's got a dial on the side, so the other one you kind of have to like take your hands and bend it down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This screen has a dial on the left side, so like if you need to turn it or do something with it while you're using it, it's right there. Mm-hmm. That's um, nice. Yeah. So it's it comes in 4K. It's 27 inches, which I think is bigger. Oh wow. Um, and uh, let me hold on, send that to you so you look at them. Um, I mean, it looks good. It looks clean. Um, they have a bunch of connectivity ports for it. Um, yep. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the I think the um, the large the Surface Studio I think is bigger than that. But oh, okay. I think it's like thirty. Oh, even inch. the dial. If you see this, the dial is detachable too, so you can like switch sides if you're a lefty versus a righty. Yeah, that's nice. Um, has a storage tray, range of motion, works with a pen. Um, and no matter what, though, it's a thousand bucks less, which is crazy. Oh wait, seriously? Yeah. Wait, how much is it then? Um, I think it oh. starts at twenty five hundred. 
right? Because the Surface yeah. Studio 2 is 3,500. 3,500, yeah. Um, oh, wow. That's, I like that. And that so, might, that's actually doable price-wise for a lot yeah, more people. The Exactly. And the Surface Studio, so yes, it's bigger, but it's 28 inches compared to 27. Oh, it is 20. Oh, okay. So it's really not that much Yeah, that's not bad. You know? No. Um, and even comparing it, their, their bezels look about the same. Mm-hmm. So it's not now, like... Now, it doesn't work with... Now, I know it has the knob thingy, but does it work with the Surface Pen, or does it have its own pen? Uh, that's a great question. I would is so here's the thing. I would assume it works with both. It probably has its own pen that does some cool stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the Surface Pen is a built-in thing of Windows 10, right? Mm-hmm. Like those yeah. drivers and stuff. So as long as you, you like, you might not get uh, one certain feature of the Surface Pen, but it'll probably still work. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, right? Yeah. Um. So, but still a pretty cool concept design overall their their new uh computer and it's definitely a competitor for microsoft for sure which oh. they've been doing competitors all over the place because they even have a competitor for the surface pro like a right. kickstand based uh tablet right apparently it's lenovo's own pen ah yeah which makes sense why would yeah. you not yeah i mean that makes sense yeah. i do like how the uh the knob though is just a usb thing mm-hmm. you know they just take it take it out and then throw it to the other side that's really yep. nice Huh. Yep. Um, That's really cool. Let me see what else they have. Nice. Talk about the rollable TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this new thing that's kind of been out for a while, especially with Alexa. The concept's been heard of. But there were mm-hmm. a lot of devices I saw that had Google Assistant and Alexa, like, in your car. I don't know if you saw some yeah. of those things. Where it's like a... Yeah charger but it also has google assistant or it's kind of like a small hidden device i don't mm-hmm. know how i feel about having google assistant in my car like mm-hmm. i don't know what i would use i mean for, right like why i play music I mean, is I that to work right i guess other than i mean it's already on your phone though that's the thing you know right so if i have a car with android auto maybe it's for those cars right without android auto yeah or without mm-hmm. apple yeah, whatever CarPlay, um, that you can have like a push to talk button to say, "Oh, hey, remind me to to do this later" or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Google Assistant in a car, other than like you know, hey, take me here, or you know, with Android Auto already, you can do that where you just press the microphone That's button yeah. and then just does it, and then it just connects through your phone. Yep. Um. So you're saying that these are like add-ons. They're, no, they're like if your car doesn't have Android Auto, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a um, – you just plug it in your cigarette lighter, and it's like a charger, but it also has Google Assistant built in. So it kind of like rather oh. than buy a whole new stereo, it just gives you Google Assistant. Oh. So then – wait, then what the heck is the point of that then? Because it, most people are – to have that, you'd have to have an Android or – well, right, but it's, uh, it's the concept of, like, if you only need the assistant, you don't need to take the phone out of your pocket. Because when you sit down, oh, okay. it'll connect to the Google Assistant, and then you can just, you know, tap something in your center console. Supposedly. Huh. That's really, right. That's really weird. I don't, yeah, I don't know how that's going to... I don't know how I'd like yeah, that, because it's, it's already listening uh, for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I feel like it would be kind of nice, people... though, for, like... Yeah, 
Uh, well, especially in like a Tesla or something where it's already, you know, hands-free or something, you can use your phone in the future right. where well, it's I've, truly hands-free. That's the thing. I don't know if they're like targeting cars that are like, like I haven't bought a new car yet and it's from 2001 and I don't have the radio, right? Because yeah. so many of these newer cars just have it built in. Is it like one of those products mm-hmm. that in three years from now when everyone has a new car, it's just not there? Mm-hmm. Like a, yeah. no longer a need, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know. But hmm. just one of those things. Um, the other thing, uh, this isn't really a CES thing, but it came out around the same time, so I'm going to bring it up. The whole, uh, who's the first to f- for 5G, right? Oh, God, yeah. And AT&T's bold, bold move of <laughs> putting the fake 5G icon on, on a bunch of phones. Yeah. Well, I think I yeah. think that's a terrible <laughs> move. I mean, they. I mean, it's, what's like, funny is that the people who are are roasting them about that mm-hmm. are the ones who did that when 4G first came out. I know that's what that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. It's like it's we've been down this path before, um, and yeah, I don't know why now all of a sudden. I mean, I, I like I kind of get it. You're at the point now where um, people are more knowledgeable about it, right? So people know what 5G is. Mm-hmm. Um, or should at some point, right? Like they understand that it's this whole bigger network. There's controversy over it of whether it's safe for the the public or whatever. Um, but like, I don't know. AT and T just putting fake 5G E on uh, on their phones is kind of like really like that one's like from 3D to 3G to 4G. Um, and I'm not talking 4G LTE. I'm talking from 3G to 4G. Yeah, there is a there is a bump. But like, to your average consumer, they won't notice the difference. No, from four well, G to five G, well, there's a huge difference. Yeah, but also though, the typical consumer won't notice the four G to five G though, because four G LTE is already fast enough in most areas. Like, let's say true. in a city, you have a good enough connection where you're going to have a hundred megabyte per second connection ish, yeah. right? Well, that's I the mean, thing. So, so 5G at its – let me check. Um, I think 5G is supposed to be like a gig per second though. Yeah, it is. So yeah. the yeah, whole is. point is like you have little antennas everywhere, so it's it's constantly jumping from antenna to antenna to antenna. Yep. You know. Um, so, I mean, te- so you could get better like let's say in a subway or something. You could get better connection there where they have antennas set up. But right. – at the same time, though, 100 megabytes per second to a gig per second, though, for your Instagram, Reddit, uh, Twitter, Facebook, that's not going to note. You're not going to notice that, though. Other than what what are you going to use that for? I mean, AR, I guess, for live AR streaming, for instance. I guess, yeah, I mean, AR, big, big downloads. Um, I mean, your latency is cut in almost, you know, a third of what it is. Um, yeah, so that yeah, could be true. another thing. That, that, Latency, yeah. you'd probably see a little difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like on the fence because you're right. People did do it for 4G. Yeah, when four when they said um, what was it? HDSPA plus was 4G when yes. that was actually just 3G. <laughs> that was the yes. 3G. Yeah. Right, and then that's when they had to come out with 4G LTE because that's actual 4G, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yep. I think I don't know where I heard this, but like. A while ago, I thought South Korea had, like, f- true 5G already. Oh, I would believe it. Everyone, from what I hear, has had uh, has been ahead of us in terms well, of networking. because they don't have CDMA versus GSM in yes. their countries. 
Yep. Meanwhile, Verizon's the one hold, right? Verizon's one holdout, or is there anybody else? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I think that they're like the only holdout, you know. Gotcha. And then meanwhile, everybody else is, uh, you know, speaking of if we're you know, talking about um, carriers doing their own thing, the um, oh man, with RCS, they're all doing their own thing for RCS too, you know. Um, so I think it's just that's just a big issue in general yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but For like sure. 5g i don't understand why they're thinking where they're just going to overclock their 4g network and call it 5g i mean I don't, yeah i don't even know how that works. <laughs> I, know. I don't even know how that works but like they have they have 5g in their i think it's austin texas is where their headquarters is yeah um, that would make sense yeah which apparently is is still like the speed of 4G from what people were saying because they <laughs> made an actual 5G like hotspot device with Netgear, um, and mm-hmm. it's still like I think the guy got it to peak at like 180 megabits per second, okay. which considering how 5G is, that's like pathetic, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I huh. don't know how they're gonna feel about that, but um, gosh, yeah, that's um. For CES, that's pretty much all I have. Did you yeah. have anything else that you wanted to talk um, about? With, yeah, so with this it? week, so GIS-related. We should, we should try and do GIS-related thing every week. Um, yeah, go ahead. So there's a thing called, there's a company called VGIS um, that they're based out of Canada, and what their entire thing is is they do um, virtual, uh, they do, well, not virtual, I guess augmented reality uh, GIS. So nice. you can use your phone and to see, and they're mainly used for utilities and underground exploration. That's like the only two things that they really, that's their bread and butter right now. Yep. Uh, so for the utilities, you can hold up your phone to uh, a street and you can see all the utilities and then you can select them, you can edit them, you can um, place utilities even um, using your phone. And then for HoloLens, there's a. Uh, cool thing where you you can have two people put on HoloLens and then you can have a mock-up of the city come up on a table in front of you yeah, and cool. then you can see where each other are looking on the uh, in the city and what they're aiming for here soon in uh, 2019 is to be able to uh, have live streaming AR from somebody on the ground in the city nice. to that HoloLens uh, mock-up of the city Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, what's really nice about it is uh, it's pretty, it's fairly cheap. It's ninety five dollars a month for one device. Jeez, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's very, very cheap, and that includes everything, everything that you're going to wow. do. That that's what includes their support, their um, any uh, online storage you're going to need for of your. Um, of your shape files or whatever, and they can connect into Esri on uh, ArcGIS online. They can just connect right into it. You just have to give uh, VGIS a uh, pa- username, password to your uh, organization, and then you can just you can have uh, it interface with your ArcGIS online uh, account and maps. So that's really nice. And then. Um, what you can do is go out in the field and place them and then come back and then it's already placed for you and then you just have to, you know, do whatever you need to do for visualization. Wow. Um, yeah. So did you get a demo of this, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, so we got an hour demo of it, me and um, Sean at work. Um, 
Was this and, your first time using a HoloLens? Well, we didn't use the HoloLens because it was he was in uh, Canada still, unfortunately. Yeah. I know, I All know. Right. I want to want to use a HoloLens. They're great. Um, anyway, keep going. But it's it's really cool how you're using the HoloLens, so you can just like look around. And it's like instantaneous, um, basically instantaneous. I mean. Uh, so all so the products work on most uh, newer Android and the newer uh, iPhone and iPad. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna say that's actually pretty cool too that you can use your phone. Yeah. Uh, that they just made it compatible with both, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the yeah. benefit too, um, and I could be totally wrong. This is just me outside looking in. Um, if I'm someone in the city, right? Not even someone who necessarily deals with this, but I have access to the app. I can take my phone out real quick and pretty much see where i can and cannot dig right you know what yeah I mean? and that's that was like uh one of their uh, case studies was in new jersey they this um town in new jersey used it for their uh, locates and it saved oh. them like um 22 grand a year or more just because they just yeah, hold up I, the phone and then mark it and then boom yep. you're done yep. um and then the way that they uh so the way that they place your the utilities and figure out where uh, stuff is. Mm-hmm. It's different than anybody else because it uses um, correction after you upload the data, right? So um, when you're looking at data through a uh, through a phone through an AR, right, you're going to have different uh, issues with um, accuracy. Like sure. your GIS yeah. accuracy is going to be, you know, at if you're just using your phone, that's going to be like a three meter accuracy. If you're using yep. a uh, Trimble, it's going to be, you know, a f- half foot, maybe a three inch or so, four inch, yep. five inch. Um, but then the issue is, is that then maybe even your camera is off too. So what they use is uh, when you upload the data, they have their system go through it and then correct the data because. Um, you just set like a point of, or it actually automatically uh, goes through and sees the um, the scale that's looking at, right? And sees the yep. lineup of all the utilities, and then based on different, uh, based on the imagery, the aerial imagery, it will actually correct the data automatically. You don't have to go oh, through and do cool. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's um, so apparently, nobody else does that, um, and that makes it way more. Uh, way more accurate. So yeah. and he said that you get to an uh, inch and a half accuracy with that. Oh, wow. Which that's is impressive. disgusting accuracy. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. You can't that get that unless you, usually you can't get that unless you have like a $6,000, $7,000 Trimble. Yep. You know, it's just. Yep. That's that, crazy. Yeah, that's nuts uh, with the accuracy. So um, that that alone is just like, a big money saver because you don't have to buy the crazy um, GIS equipment, but you can get the, the GIS equipment and then just have it do its own thing on the fly as you're in the field. Yep. So what's nice is actually the entire, now you're going to like this. The entire platform is built on Microsoft Azure. So, you know, Yay. of course um, <laughs> they are Microsoft partner as your partner. So, yep. you know, they're connected yep. with everybody and they're really, that's, which is why they use the HoloLens because, they're the Microsoft partner, and Microsoft's really helping them out with uh, that, apparently. Yep. 
but uh, nice. really, really interesting stuff. So hopefully, I mean, our company is hoping, well, me and Sean are hoping to get this within our company for just one device um, and then use it for marketing purposes to hopefully bring in more GIS business. Because, like, gotcha. you show us to people. Would you, you resell? People. Would you yeah, we would resell. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because, yep. okay. like, you, let's say you bring it to a client and you throw a HoloLens on them and you show it to them. They're, you know, that's going to be mind-blowing for people who've never worn a HoloLens. Yep. That's just next level stuff and well yeah like, between yep, between that and even saying that you can you can also use your phone right so yeah instantly mm-hmm. they just you don't think have about to buy the amount of text they have new. in the field yeah. right you don't you don't yep. have to buy any new technology any new uh hardware nothing yep it's already good yep. to go for you which is yep. really good because usually you have to buy brand new gps software and hardware so yep yeah it's really really nice. cool i like it cool man um, anything else you got? I don't have anything else to talk about, but I, man, that stuff looks so cool. Yeah. No, I'm good. So, Awesome. Cool. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode of The Engineer of What. If you have any comments, questions, want to hear more, feel free to find us at theengineerofwhat.com. Click the contact button. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Engineer of What on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll see you all next week. This is Nate. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.